all of you here. I, wanted, I would like to mention uh, briefly uh, my visit to camp last week. Uh, Melita and I did not go, um, but we did go up and visit with several others on Wednesday. And it's, it was a marvelous week. As little as I saw, I've heard great things about it. But what I did witness uh, was some of our young men leading devotional songs uh, in the kitchen line uh, during, during dinner after dinner, walking to and from uh, their cabins, uh, just singing spontaneously. And uh, I've been inspired a lot by church camp over the years, but uh, I was inspired Wednesday uh, whenever I was seeing our, some of our young men take a grand part in the spiritual leadership of what was going on at camp. And some of our young ladies did the same thing in a lot of their different respective areas and, and positions. And indeed, we are proud of them and uh, proud of those who went and who led uh, what is oftentimes a very tiring week, but a very rewarding week. And if you're thinking about going to camp, uh, think about it for next year, because it is a fantastic experience. Last week's lesson was about the three. This is a select group of elite soldiers who were close to David. Last week, this week, and for the next two weeks... We are on a series of David and his mighty men. Last week we discussed the dedication of Joshua, the loyalty of Eleazar, and the courage of Shema. Today's lesson is the second in this series of David and his mighty men. And we are looking at the traits of a man who we can all be inspired by. His name is Benai. And you'll read of him, we'll read of him in 2 Samuel chapter 23, if you'd like to turn there. But today we'll be discussing the bravery of Benai. There is a group in our nation's history that was brave. I'd like to tell you briefly about them. They were called the Rough Riders. And this was a nickname given to the 1st United States Volunteer Cavalry. One of three such regiments raised in 1898 for the Spanish-American War. Yet the only one to see combat. Following the sinking of the USS Maine, President William McKinley needed to muster a strong ground force, which he did by calling for 125,000 volunteers to assist in the war. Wood's second-in-command was former Assistant Secretary of the Navy Theodore Roosevelt a strong advocate for the Cuban War of Independence. When Wood was promoted to commander of the 2nd Cavalry Brigade, the regiment became known as Roosevelt's Rough Riders. The original plan called for the regiment to be composed of frontiersmen from the Indian Territory, the New Mexico Territory, the Arizona Territory, and Oklahoma. However, after Roosevelt joined the ranks, it attracted an odd mixture of Ivy League athletes, glee club singers, Texas Rangers, and Native Americans. All accepted into the regiment had to be skilled horsemen and eager to see combat. The Rough Riders would receive more publicity than any other army unit in that war, and they are best remembered for their conduct during the Battle of San Juan Hill. Several days after this battle, the Spanish fleet sailed from Cuba, and in only a few weeks, an armistice ending the fighting was signed. Despite the brevity of their service, the Rough Riders 
fighting uh, their, their time in their service, it became legendary. Theodore Roosevelt said this, Far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much, because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. Today's lesson will call for our men and our women to be brave. As we discuss what we know, what we learn of, of Benai in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Let's read this now. 2 Samuel chapter 23, beginning with verse 20. Then Benai, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. He also went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. He killed an Egyptian, an impressive man. Now the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a club and snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things Benai the son of Jehoiada did and had a name as well as the three, as the three mighty men. Benai was definitely someone that dared greatly. Whenever the Rough Riders were called, there was no doubt that they were called because of their bravery. Those who showed up were looked at and, and were looked at and, and th were thought of as being brave men. They knew the risk, they knew what was coming along, and yet they showed up anyway. Benai was one such man. We read briefly here of the things that he endured, of the things that he went through, of the things that he stepped forth and said, I am a brave man of God, and I will do whatever I must do to fight the battles, to win the wars, to fight for my king, my friend David. I will do whatever I must. And because of that, he is considered a brave man. And we're going to look at three things today. Benai's lineage of bravery, Benai's legend of bravery, and Benai's legacy of bravery this morning. For Benai was definitely someone that dared greatly. We ourselves will not be fighting lions or killing people with their own spear as he did, but we need to consider his bravery because our world needs that. Our world needs brave men and women. First off, the lineage of bravery. We read of this lineage in the first part of verse 20. Then Benai, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done mighty deeds. So does someone become brave, or are they born that way? What exactly makes someone brave, and how do you know that you are brave? For Benai, it seems as though this trait was passed down from his grandfather, from his father, and then on down to him. I look like my mother 
but I act like my dad. For his traits were passed down to me, and I pass mine on down to my children as well. And you have done the same. One way or another, you have received traits from your own family. And perhaps you're the, the oddball, the odd sheep in your family. It might be because you take after a, a great uncle or a, a great grandfather. And if you've ever studied your ancestry, the lineage uh, and that information that's out there is quite interesting. It can really tell you a lot about yourself. But Benai's father, Jehoiada, we read a lot of him from the tribe of Levi, so a descendant of Aaron, Moses' brother. At one time, he rallied 3,700 men to support David when he was crowned at Hebron in 1 Chronicles chapter 12. Under Jehoiada's guidance, Baal worshipped, was renounced, and the altar and temple of Baal was destroyed. Definitely a victory for God's people. Definitely something that took bravery as people were worshipping Baal and, and built this temple Jehoiada, say, or, yeah, Jehoiada says, you know, we need to get rid of this evil thing, this, this false god. And it took bravery for him to do that. And Jehoiada, he lived for 130 years and was buried very honorably among the kings. 2 Chronicles chapter 24. And it is believed that the other part of this verse, the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, is actually a reference to Benai's grandfather. See, quite often as we read Scripture, we will read of a man and it will have the son of, but not too very often do we read that it's actually the grandfather that is also mentioned. Many believe that in the last part of that verse, a valiant man of Kabzeel, that's actually talking about Benai's grandfather. So there's a great deal. There's three generations of lineage mentioned here. The question I have for you this morning, what is your lineage of bravery what have you come from where have your people come from mine have lived in the middle tennessee area now for 200 years my mother's side of the family were from some of the first settlers in severeville tennessee the lewis family they came over from virginia and settled in severeville and so as you consider lineage of that sort there's got to be something that you're proud of in your family there's got to be something that you want desperately to pass on to your son, to pass on to your daughter, hopefully more than, than you know, a collection of ties, which are nice. They'll make a nice pillow someday, maybe. But hopefully, the lineage that you are leaving for your family is one of bravery. Men, our children, are looking up to us. We have Father's Day, not so that we can get a nice tie, a nice gift, have them bring us our breakfast. But we have Father's Day so that every day they can look to us and say that they're proud of us. So that every day they can look to us and think, that's my dad. And that's who I want to be, or, or that's who I want to marry someday. Dr. Meg Meeker, one of my favorite authors, in the world of mental health and family, says this, Fathers, your daughter needs the best of who you are. Your strength, your courage, your intelligence, and your fearlessness. She needs your empathy, assertiveness, and self-confidence. She needs you. I started off last week by not wanting to water down anything that a man should be or what a man has been intended to be by our Heavenly Father. 
And may it never be watered down, but may we pass on to our sons manhood. May we impart that to them. And may we show our daughters what a man should be. So that any man who might come to her as a suitor, maybe he'll have a chance and maybe he won't. Because she knows what a man should be. The effects of fatherlessness is rather saddening. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes as well. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. The mother is there. She chooses to be there. She outdoes us in many ways, gentlemen. But a man makes a difference when he decides to stay in the home. Whenever he decides to stick it out while the mother might be difficult, while the children, while the entire situation might be difficult, a man who is truly a brave man will plant his flag and will stay where he is to make the family what God has intended it to be. For a father does make a difference. Benai was who he was because of his father and his grandfather, perhaps even because of his great-grandfather. Who knows how far back that lineage goes, but that lineage is seen and is entirely evident. So what is your lineage of bravery? What will be your lineage of bravery? There are those who are proud of their fathers on this day. There are those who struggle without fathers, unfortunately. But at some point, that cycle of fatherlessness does need to stop. As we look back three generations in regard to Benai, perhaps your generational lineage does not go far does not go back very far in regards to positive fatherhood examples. You must stop the cycle. My dad did. My dad's father, my grandfather, only went to my dad's ball games, his baseball games, if he'd had a few beers, and it embarrassed my dad a lot. My dad never missed a ball game, not one. And of course was sober at every one of them. My dad stopped the cycle. You can stop the cycle as well. If you find a man that you can admire, if you find a piece of literature or, or something that makes you a better man, you can stop that cycle and begin a new lineage of bravery. And men, all these boys, all these girls... They're all ours. They might not be yours by blood, by the physical blood, but perhaps they're yours by the blood of Jesus Christ. So you can help a lot of our children here this morning, perhaps others that you know, to begin a new lineage of bravery if they are in need. Next, there is the legend of bravery. 2 Samuel 23, the second part of verse 20. Benai killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. He also went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. 
He killed an Egyptian, an impressive man. Now the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but he went down to him with a club and snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. You have to love the strangeness of this text. It is so beyond our culture and world that it's hard to believe that at one time this is what a man had to do. A lot of times, men, we prove ourselves by, you know, fixing the computer. Not by taking an Egyptian giant's spear and killing him with it. I suppose times change. This seems to be a fantasy or perhaps a Marvel movie. But here it is. This real guy, however, doing what he had to do. This man doing what he had to do because he was called to do it. It wasn't uh, for certain a different day and age. Benaiah says he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Now, why does that make a difference? You ever tried to walk in snow? Some of us might be scared of mice or the smallest garden snake. But Benaiah saw a lion and he said, you know what, I think I'm going to go kill that. He saw the Egyptian, which was actually a, a giant we read of in 1 Chronicles chapter 11. But right before telling us about the lion... The authors tell us something else Benai did. It says that he killed two Moabite men, two sons of Ariel. Now the interesting thing about this particular passage, the New American Standard renders it this way, but the King James Version says that these men were lion-like. So not just average men, not too weak men, not too sick men, but these men were lion-like. And the Egyptian that he killed was possibly about seven feet tall. We mostly know of Goliath as being the giant, but here we have yet another, another man of God doing what he needed to do, killing yet another giant in his name. These indeed are legendary acts. Here we are talking about them today. But the question is, what will others remember about you? My first question was, what is your lineage? But now though, will you be a legend of bravery? Today's... Greatest achievement among men seems how much television you watch, how many beers you drink, or whatever your achievements might be on a video game. Now don't get me wrong, when I was 13, I tried to beat Super Mario Brothers as absolutely fast as I could. But as I've grown, I have realized and understood that there are different things, more honorable things, grander things, that people will talk about and will hopefully Consider me someday as a legend in my own right. For there are things today that make us men, that men, many of us, have forgotten. That many of us don't understand because it's not politically correct to express those things and how brave or, or how, how monstrous we are. We've been domesticated entirely too much. With families falling apart, the man who holds them together, who should be holding them together, should hopefully be slaying his giant. And that giant might be some sort of addiction. That giant might be inside of him. That lion he's trying to slay might be something that's reaching for his children or reaching for his wife and reaching for his marriage. And he should be remembering every day, I am supposed to be brave for my family. And whenever you stand up and fight against those evils that are in your home, that are trying to come into your home, every day, Whenever you do that, someone somewhere will talk about that. 
Someone somewhere will talk about the good things that you did for your family simply because you love them. And that is what will make you a legend today. What great things are our young men daring to do? We do not call them young men by accident, not out of courtesy, but because that is exactly what they are. Whenever they become 12 or 13 years old, in a lot of ways, they're men at that point. I've looked like this since I was in the 8th grade. Just ask my leader. Whenever you become a man around those mid-teen years, suddenly your values begin to be pushed in a particular direction. And our young men, you've got to, under, you've got to think to yourself, where am I headed? Where am I going? Is my trajectory what it needs to be to land at that point that my preacher says I should be at, that my dad hopefully says I should be at, that I know that my God says I should be at? Young men, are you going for that? Or will you someday, and will you someday be accounted among the great men of your generation? I hope so. Or will you be satisfied with mediocrity? can't stand that word. I like saying it, it's a fun word but I don't like what it represents. It represents someone who's given up, someone who looks at difficulty and says, nope, I can't do it. And they turn around and they retreat. They raise the white flag entirely too quickly, the right white flag of surrender, rather than raising their battle flag or raising their spear or the, the spear of their enemy that they took from him forcefully because they said, today is my day to win. There are girls out there right now, young ladies, who want you to be her hero. Not because she's weak, but because she wants the strong man. She wants the man who will do what he says. She wants the man who is honest, who has strong character. That's who she wants. She wants a strong man. Someone who will be there for her because, guess what? Weak men do the exact opposite. This takes work to be a man of legend. And maybe that's not for you, young men. Maybe it is too tough. And that's fine. Somebody else will take your spot. If you're not willing to be that strong man, somebody else will. They'll run right past you. And they'll take over, and that man will step up. He'll be the legend. He'll be the one that we're talking about. Mark Twain says this, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bowlines. That's a sailing term. Throw off the bowlines. Sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, and discover. For that is how you become legend. And then... Finally, we have a legacy of bravery. These things Benai, the son of Jehoiada, did and had a name as well as the three mighty men. More on the three mighty men later, but suffice it to say, at this point, we started last week talking about the 30, right? An elite force. Well, throughout Scripture, there's various references to the three. It's like even a more special designation. But then, Benai himself is recognized almost, and I'll tell you why later, almost at that same level 
as the three mighty men. Benai was honored among these men, and he was in charge even of David's personal bodyguards. He continued to serve the nation and help David overcome his enemies, even bringing Solomon to the throne. This was a legacy. You see, legend is of yourself. Lineage is of yourself looking back. Legacy means that you think of others. You impart other things onto those. Here you see, you know, Benai wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of what his king David needed. He was thinking of what the people needed. And he was looking above and beyond himself. That's what a legacy was to him, and it is what it is to us today. None of us are going to endure what Benai did to attain this level of bravery. We won't have to kill, hopefully, as he did, but hopefully we will work to improve ourselves every day, care for those who depend on us, and create a better world for the next generation because this is what brave people do, both men and women. They inspire others. And that, you see, is what creates a legacy, that inspiration. That when I'm here, there might not be a response, anybody sitting up front at the end, but hopefully the words that I say will be carried away from here to the homes and to the workplaces to inspire others to create that sort of legacy because the world needs people who will inspire others. And you can do that by being brave. By being brave even in such a way as Jason McElwain. Jason McElwain was a senior and he had been the manager of the varsity basketball team of Greece Athena High School in Rochester, New York. McElwain, who was who is autistic, was added to the roster for the basketball team by Coach Jim Johnson so he could be given a jersey and get to sit on the bench in the team's last game of the year. Coach Johnson hoped the situation would even enable him to get Mikael Wayne onto the floor for a little playing time. And indeed, he got the chance. With Greece Athena up by double digits with four minutes to go, and in his first action of the year, Mikael Wayne missed his first two shots. But then he hit another, and another, and another, and another, and another, and another. A total of six three-point shots hitting another two-point shot for a total of 20 points in three minutes. Jason Mikael Wayne on that evening inspired a great deal of people, leaving a legacy of bravery at that school. On that evening, you see, he could have chickened out. He was autistic. It was easy to make excuses. Oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, I'm not up to it today. Brave people drag themselves out of bed every day, whatever might be hurting, whatever might be bothering them, and they do those things for those people who depend on them. They do those things for those people that they can inspire and bring to know Christ, and bring to, to show others how it is to live a better life, rather than complaining all the time. But rather, they, they slay those, dra those giants, and they slay those lions, not just one time, but rather they become a lion hunter. For that's what Jason did. You see, he became a lion hunter. He saw chances to improve himself, and to grow as obstacles, and he slew those things, and he was brave for it. 
because of the lineage that he had, because of the legend he wanted to create, and because of the legacy that he wanted to leave behind on this earth. And he's done just that. Too many men back down or run away. Don't let that be you. But be a brave man or woman and be a doer of great deeds. It's interesting to note in verse 23 that it says that he was honored among the thirty, but he did not attain to the three. In other words, he was considered brave enough to be mentioned with Shaman and the others like I talked about last week. He was good enough to be mentioned with them, but he, but he just didn't quite make it. What does this tell us now? This tells us, men and women, that we'll have some goals that we simply will not reach. There will be goals that we'll have and we'll strive for them, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll miss that goal sometimes. Does that mean you're a failure? No, of course not. I love the old aphorism that says, shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Some people don't even want to try that. They don't want to get up off the couch. Got another show to watch. Got another thing to do. All the while, their children and their family are falling apart because they're not brave enough to stand up and do what they need to do in order to leave a legacy of bravery so that they will be considered a doer of great deeds and those around them can impart and continue on that lineage and that legend and that legacy of bravery. God has created us all to be lion hunters. And that's what you need to be this morning. You need to go after those things that God has called us to go after. Go after those things in your life and become what God has meant for you to be. Stop, stop sitting back. But men and women, let's be brave and be what God has called us to be because there's just too much evil in the world. There's not a physical lion, thankfully, that we'll have to fight. There's not that. But there are spiritual lions, Satan being the primary one. Satan being the one that we need to slay and, and fight off every single day. But perhaps Satan has you in his grips even now. I pray that you'll come forward. Let us pray for you that those sins will be cast away from you. If you are already a Christian, or if you're not a Christian, come forward this morning, let us baptize you, and you can be added to the body of Christ. And begin your path on, a, on bravery with God this morning. Please come forward now as we stand and sing.